everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education. Today, I have a special guest with me. His name is Dave Turnant, and he's a STEM teacher from Stowe, Ohio. So Dave, he teaches STEM classes at Kimpton Middle School. So welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me. So Dave and I met actually through Twitter a little bit, uh, as many of you might know, listening to this show. Uh, once I started this VR in education, I started to get some people uh, actually listening to it, believe it or not, but following me. And Dave was one of those that reached out to me. And uh, he's doing some really amazing stuff as it pertains to VR in education. So Dave, tell us first of all, a little bit about your STEM program. Um, well, we started our STEM program probably around five years ago, and uh, when we first started, it was a lot of uh, um, it was a lot of uh, um, uh, hands-on projects, and you know, uh, a lot of doing some crafts and bridge building and things like that. Um, and then um, we we kind of got the I got the idea to bring 3D printers into our room uh, with the manufacturing side. And since we were starting 3D modeling with uh, SketchUp, and um, it was really cool to, to bring the printers in to start printing our creations. So from there, then we wrote a grant to bring VR into the classroom. It seemed like the next step. Cool. So kind of like my journey, what made you, did you write, did you write the grant in hopes to get the VR or did you get the money first and then say, okay, what can I use this money for from the grant? No, from, uh, from doing the 3d printing, uh, the foundation that I got the grant the, for the 3d printer from was, uh, was, uh, asking me what, what would be a good thing. So my teaching partner, um, Becky Stanick and I, we discussed long, long, long time, uh, what, what should be our next step. And we just kept looking at what the workplace was like and how, um, how, how, how we can, further our uh, STEM program. And, and by doing that and looking around at the different manufacturing businesses, uh, we've, we settled on VR and, and wrote the grant specifically for VR. Cool. Amazing. What's, so what's one of the things that you see right now about using the VR that has been beneficial for the kids? I think the, probably the best thing that, um, that, benefits the kids with VR is, is just how they're connecting so many different uh, disciplines and fields into what they're doing. And I think they don't even realize what, how they're connecting it in multiple ways. Uh, for us, we want to, our, for, our, for my class, the end project is to create a virtual reality experience. So they're actually creating their own uh, like virtual field trip. Uh, we use 360 cameras and then they they put those videos into Unity or uh, Unreal Game Engine, and uh, and they're trying to create um, uh, like a virtual walkthrough of Kimpton Middle School. So um, they start making connection. It kind of blows your mind some of the like how they're 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 coming through and how they'll equate it with like other things they want to do in in different classes, like creating a field trip to the local park for uh, a social studies class or their science class, you know, something like that. Very cool. Lots of uh, interdisciplinary stuff. I want to unpack. I want to unpack this a little bit more because uh, 
I too are have VR and am aspiring to have my kids start creating uh, more virtual rooms and virtual environments. But one of my stumbling blocks is I'm not coming from a computer or coding background. And so can you talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, is it, is it still doable to learn and use Unity when you're not really coming from a computer-like background as far as teaching goes? Well, I hope so, because that's where I'm coming from. Uh, <laughs> both Becky and I, we, we don't we've been working on a bunch of tutorials. Um, in fact, before we got our VR stuff, we were using Microsoft HoloLens and we wanted to use it more in our class. And, and uh, Becky sat down and wrote a really nice uh, directions paper about how to create the hologram and then get it up to the HoloLens. Um, that the kids could follow that was a little bit easier than the Holographic Academy on, on uh, Microsoft. But um, yeah, the, the tutorials that they use are super simple. Um, it's easy to program and just drag. Uh, it's basically drag and drop. With Unity, it's a little bit more, um, you have to go into the scripts, but they give you the scripts, so you just copy and paste the code where you need it to be. And uh, for Unreal, it's a little easier because you don't really have to code. You just connect with arrows and it's just drag and drop. Fantastic. Because like I said, I think if we're going to get more and more teachers interested and engaged in VR and even ones outside the design world or the STEM world or the STEAM world, I think it has to be dead easy for them. And some get really scared when you know, these new technologies or these emerging technologies come into play. Yeah, I think um, uh, not to interrupt you, but I mean, um, the, the biggest thing that the biggest hurdle, I think, is that teachers just have to get out of the mindset that they have to be the, uh, I guess, lack of a word, a gatekeeper for all the information. Why would you do that when you have Google to ask or, uh, you know, all the tutorials that are available out there. So you don't really have to be this, uh, be the, you know, oh, this error comes up. Well, I don't know what to do. Just Google it or copy the error and paste it in your browser. Because a lot of times uh, I don't know what to do. So I just Google it, figure awesome. it out. Awesome. 21st century learning skills right there, my friend. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to talk about has to do with the idea of how much hardware is enough. So you, uh, I read a little bit from your PowerPoint slides, how many VR headsets, immersive ones, so we're talking, you know, Oculus or Vive, how many do you have in your room? We have, in my room specifically, we have, for immersive headsets, the we have two Vive and two Oculus with only two gaming computers so we can only have two two headsets at a time but then the hololens of course is its own computer uh so that's untethered and it doesn't matter we have one per grade level so for the stream of kids that go into the vr ar do you limit the number of students that are allowed to go into that stream because you have just four headsets no not at all actually um they get to decide for our STEM class, we have it set up for two different tracks. Uh, so they'll either do like a 3D modeling side or they'll do a virtual reality track. And on the, on the VR side, they, any of them can pick it. And the, 
the interesting thing is once they get going on the projects, they're all at different places in the project or in the class itself. So there's some people that are filming with the 360. Some people are still on the tutorial because it's tough. You know, it's new things that they haven't done before. Um, and some are, you know, just uploading it to the Oculus so uh, or the Vive either way. So it just depends on where they're at with their um, project. So when, when we brought VR headsets into our school, there, were a, there was a lot of interest from other teachers. So, for example, our, our history slash geography teacher started to find things like there's a Berlin Wall VR experience. And so we're, I'm getting more and more, and my biology teacher wanted to have her kids do the virtual reality surgeon simulator. Are you getting a lot of requests from other teachers to use your VR headsets outside of your STEM classes? Um, yeah, actually, we, um, especially with art. So it's kind of interesting with uh, art. Um, we actually wrote a year two grant to include our art, art program into uh, what we're doing in STEM. So like as an extension, so it creates like a STEAM uh, concept. So we wrote a grant to get um, to, to each of the devices uh, for each of their rooms. So a total of eight, eight devices, I think, and two, three gaming computers, four gaming computers, uh, so that we could work on that. So uh, that some kids who just think three-dimensionally, they'll be able to um, do their art in like tilt brush or medium and all that. So mostly the art. And then um, we've also had like a health class. Um, the teacher, I've shown him, like the hollow anatomy or uh, dynamic anatomy with um, in HoloLens and also uh, shown the science teachers like in the body VR. Uh, and they they really like they want to bring their kids down to check it out. How do they manage that? Like our class size is not 20 plus kids. Yeah, we haven't really. Um, they'll bring in a few students at a time or. Um, but mostly it's just like the teacher checking it out. Uh, and then we're still in talks, like how do we bring a whole class through? Right. So nothing, that, not, we haven't had a cl whole class in yet. Yeah, that's so that's our big issue right now is they are really popular now. And we have three, three vibes and uh, trying to sort out, you know, how you would sort of manage a class of 25 kids to all sort of get a turn through these. And right now we're sort of taking the model from the elementary where, you know, they're in a station and one station, they may not be doing anything at the computer with the Vive. They might be doing something else like filling out a worksheet on anatomy. And then the next station might be the Vive, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's uh, similar to what we're, I've talked to a couple of teachers about. Um, and then we've also, uh, we, we used to use uh, the Google Cardboard uh, and then try to find a similar program uh, from VR that translates into Google Cardboard. So, uh, but also working with uh, different classrooms, you know, like taking the experience maybe that the kids do and taking it down to say like fourth grade uh, so that they can check out their stuff. You know, there's, there's the fourth grade students check out what the seventh graders have done. And then the seventh graders can, you know, walk them through the tutorials and and the VR field trip. It was cute. We had a few uh, Google Cardboards also. And so uh, one particular grade 
grade seven, they were doing space. And so they tried the Google Cardboards with some sort of space uh, experience. And then they went to the Vive. Well, <laughs> this one kid said, I'm not going to that crappy cardboard anymore. I, I love this Vive. <laughs> so, you know, the kid cut sort of said, it's like yeah, the, we... the cardboard on steroids where it's no going back now. It's like driving a Ford versus driving a BMW almost. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we uh, it's it's really funny. Uh, Becky and I always laugh and we try to uh, put it on Twitter like kids first reaction whenever we put them into the the Vive or Oculus and just the amazement and like, ooh, <laughs> and they grab like because they don't know where they are. <laughs> Have you had any uh, kids actually get motion sick or ha- sort of any ill effects from them being either in the Oculus or in the Vive? Um, no, not really. Um, the only, the only effects I think are from me and, and Becky Stanek whenever we, um, did the climb <laughs> first, like, cause, cause we're both afraid of heights and, uh, and she, she fell in the program, but then whipped off her, her, uh, headset. And, uh, I was like sweating and shaking whenever the first time I was up really high. So, <laughs> I'm extremely scared of heights as well. And so, I, yeah, I can't do some of those. Like we have one, I don't know if you saw it, it's called Ricky's Plank Experience. And so yep. I cannot do that. Like, so you literally can put down a board. I don't know how much you've played with Ricky's Plank Experience, but you can put a physical board down in the environment and it'll calibrate it so that you can try and walk on the board, which in the virtual world is supposed to be there. And my son can do it my daughter, but not me. So it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I read an article where psychologists were, um, using VR to get people over their fears. So I started, I started with Richie's plank experience and then zooming around, putting out the fires around the city. And then I went to the climb in, um, in Oculus and, uh, I started, you know, just climbing cause I always wanted to rock climb because I like to go outside and backpacking and all that. And whenever I first started doing it, I would get sweaty and shaky and just dripping with sweat. And then the more I use it, it took like the whole summer. But now I'm actually, um, you know, going, I'm at a gym, you know, climbing on the walls and the walls are like 40 feet high and uh, it doesn't freak me out at all. Whereas before I know it would have. And, you know, in some hikes that we've done, I've been looking over cliffs and it doesn't bother me not nearly as much. That's amazing. You know, it's funny you say that we, our grade 10 students have to do a a passion project here as part of their grade 10 certificate. And we did have a student actually do something similar to that. So he used Modbox. He built three different rooms and each room had sort of a a height challenge in it. And so he, he had people come into these rooms and he recorded their heart rates. So, you know, the first time they're in the room, they're, they're sort of, uh, average heart rate was a lot higher. And then as he exposed them to each of these rooms, their heart rate when they were in the room actually went down. So it was kind of a cool study that this student did in grade 10 on that. Yeah, I heard that podcast and I was like, oh, that's I got to tell them that <laughs> because uh, I, I could tell them what the results were going to be. Because, yeah, I would look at my watch. I have one of those uh, Garmin HR and uh, the it, I would look at my heart rate and like it was up to like 160. 80, you know, and just like my arms would shake or just from uh, clenching so much. And then um, 
eventually it just got better and better. And now I'm just climbing walls and it's so much fun. Awesome. Uh, let's move to 3D printing for a sec because uh, I'm definitely interested in the marriage between using the VR and 3D printing as you posted recently on Twitter. And so what kinds of things have your students created in VR that have been 3D printed? Uh, we've been um, looking at tilt brush uh, and then printing like some of their drawings. Um, you, you quickly find out, you know, what's a good model to print and what's a bad model to print. So uh, whenever you're creating, you got to make sure the, the whatever you're drawing with in tilt brush is thick enough that the, 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 the uh, slicer program can can sense so um we've had a couple of those because this one one girl did a really cool beauty and the beast like the rose uh and and it was really pretty what she did so we were going to print it and uh but it was too thin i had another one uh another student she did a um a sculpt in uh medium so we just uh it was a deer i think i put that one on twitter but um it uh um so we printed that one and it worked great um, because it was thick enough and big enough that we could do. Cool. Uh, again, I tweeted and you might've saw this. We're just now starting to look at make VR pro and trying to, oh, okay. trying to design a few objects in there and then send them to the printer. And so, you know, normally I stay away from trinkets and stuff, but, uh, one of my students wanted to make the proverbial phone case and I let him do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I let him do it inside make VR because it's so different than trying to use, say, Tinkercad or or SketchUp. And so I he was quite successful. Now, that said, he's got probably a higher sort of aptitude for this than most kids do. So the problem with I'm finding with that is giving them or allowing them enough time in there to to make something sufficient. How long does did it take the girl in tilt brush, say, to make the rose? Um, it took her probably three class periods, I think, to make that Beauty and the Beast rose. No, it took her a day. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. She only took her oh. a day. It took her um, and, and, uh, the other student that I have, she probably built that, um, deer in about maybe a day and a half. So like 40 minutes plus maybe 10. So about 50 minutes, she had that deer already done and then downloaded it. And we were printing that next day. So I think the print only took an hour and then it was done. Yep. So you most recently presented at a, a conference. And so in your presentations, because you've done a few of these now, what are some of the questions that people ask you as they pertain just to the VR side of things? Mostly it's the, the number one question overall is like funding. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do I get funded? What kind of grant to write? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, the other thing like th that you imp that you referred to earlier was how do I put this in my class, like with stations or, you know, something like that. So how to make a lesson? How do I find good apps? Uh, and then it depends on what you want to do with your class. Like, do you want the kids to actually create stuff or do you, are you just using the apps in your class and, and it's a new fancy textbook? Interesting. So moving forward, what are some of the your future hopeful vision, whatever you might want to call it, for uh, VR in your classes or even within your school? 
Well, we'd really, um, we really hope we get this. Uh, we'll find out in May uh, about the grant with um, for our art. Um, so we're really looking forward to that, hoping it's really going to come through. Um, and uh, basically, that we would the the whole thing that we would really like to do is the kids to create uh, like VR field trips, turn that in once they film it or whatever, turn it into an app that other students in our other district buildings can download. Ah, very neat. Very neat. Any besides obviously funding, which you already alluded to is the number one sort of concern with some of these emerging technologies. Any other challenges that you uh, foresee or are dealing with right now? Uh, mostly making sure that all the tools and everything that you need are installed on the computer before you get done. <laughs> uh, Becky and I, we always are like, oh, my goodness, why doesn't this work? It should work. Uh, and then I know I installed that tool. I know I installed this uh, SDK or something. And uh Updates, yeah. Anytime you constantly get updates uh, with the game engines and and just making sure that the tools are installed. But I mean, it gets pretty easy. And then once you figure out um, uh, how to solve problems and issues with the game engine, like what what does this error mean or what does that error mean, uh, it becomes easier to research and and find your your solution. If all else fails, restart the computer is my motto. Google. <laughs> Yeah, or restart the project or Google it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to wrap up here. Is anything else that you think uh, would be beneficial for the listeners to hear in regards to VR for you guys? Um, I think uh, just don't be afraid to try it. It's, it's uh, you know, it is, it seems like it intimidates a lot of people, um, but just it's, it's actually really, really easy and it's, it's a, it's just never ceases to amaze me how easy that these companies are making their professional grade software for, I mean, my seventh graders are doing this and they're creating apps with 360 cameras and uh, like views camera uh, is amazing. And just how easy they make it to use. Cool. So uh, there's, I know with our administration, one of the things that they're always wary of is, you know, is this thing going to just collect dust? And I had to do a lot of sort of convincing here in our building that it wasn't kind of a collect dust kind of toy. And I sort of had to throw out that cliche from the old movie, The Field of Dreams. And that was like, if you, if you yeah. build it, they will come. And that's certainly been right. the case here at our school since we've gotten our three Vive units more and more kids and teachers are flocking to the room to see what they can use it for. So I really appreciated connecting with you, Dave. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to learn from you through Twitter, uh, especially uh, my goal is to try and get uh, using Unity or Unreal Engine with my kids. And so you're uh, pushing the envelope on that. And thanks for all the work that you're doing there. Yeah, thank you. It's been great talking to you. Have a great spring break, you guys, and uh, uh, see you around.